Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, the talk shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter at TotalTutor, NeilHaley.com, and all the exciting places. And I cannot believe I have this man on the line. Uh, Multiple awards some of my favorite movies. He's done so many things. I have the legendary Mel Brooks on the line. Mel, how are you? And thanks for calling. I'm here on the line with you to talk about my son, Nicholas Brooks's movie, Sam, S-A-M, Sam. He made a movie that he wrote that is uh, different, crazy, and and thoroughly enjoyable, and it's called Sam. And uh, I don't know how you get to see it, but I'm sure you'll find it. It's oh. uh, probably going to be on Hulu one of these days very soon. And that's interesting you talk about that, you being involved with your son in this production. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, um, he just issued a warning to me right from the beginning, hands off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm writing and directing it. I'm the Brooks that's writing and directing it, not you, Dad. So, uh, but uh, when it was, when it was finished, I said, would you mind if I told people, you know, what I thought of it? He said, not at all. So I've, uh, I've done a few interviews with various networks and stuff about, about the movie. And, uh, I'm really proud of him. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of his work. And uh, I've seen the movie about three, four times now. And uh, strangely enough, some movies you see once and you don't have to see them again for the rest of your life. Right. That's, that, you know, a lot of movies like that. And some movies uh, you like to see again, you know. And... Uh, I'm going to see it a couple more times because I really enjoy seeing it. And uh, uh, there's a couple of movies that never go away. Yes. Never go away, like uh, Wizard of Oz. It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. Blazing Saddles. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So tell me. Yeah. What's up? What do you want to know? No, I want to know. I, I'm glad you brought that up because Nicholas is such a great guy. I mean, a oh, fantastic yeah. guy. And he told me when you were doing all these films, like History of the World Part Two, uh, Blazing Saddles, Spaceballs, Nicholas was helping you in certain ways. And that's an interesting part of the backstory that he was involved in some part, portions yeah, well, of what you're doing. Especially on Spaceballs because... You know, a mind a mind that's thirty years younger than mine, twenty or thirty years younger than mine, actually about twenty, is valuable 
because he's um, he's seen he's seen the world and he's seen movies, especially from a, from a whole different youngest perspective. You right. Know, and I my movies are all John Ford and Frank Capra, and you know, and and his movies are Spielberg, and so it's different. It's all different. Right. His his perspective on. Uh, on my movies was very valuable. Absolutely. When you talk about Spaceballs, now, so that's, you thought, when you first came up with this idea, a lot, a little, a lot different in a lot of ways because it's kind of spoofing another movie, right? By doing Spaceballs. That's what I really do for a living. I, I, parody is, is really what I, I do. Blazing Shadows is a parody of every Western ever made and um, Spaceballs is it's a parody of Star Trek and Star Wars and whatever sci- big sci-fi movies. And I, 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 I like, I like you know making fun of them. But you can't make fun of anything. Like even even Blazing Saddles, you can't make fun of anything unless you love it. Right. And you do it. You do it with a, a certain kind. You do it with a certain kind of reverence. You know, I uh, when I did Spaceballs, I mean, uh, I sent the script to to Lucas, and Lucas said I really, I was Lucas said I was having a morning cup of coffee when I began to read it, and I I spluttered and spilled the coffee all over your script. <laughs> he said it was really funny. He said there's only, I have only one prohibition. I said what's that? What's that, George Lucas? What's your prohibition? He said, your your figures are really look like mine, distorted versions of my of my characters. Please, no action figures sold in stores. I said, you got it. So that was the deal. No, no action figures. <laughs> so was was he laughing about it? Was he laughing about it with you, Mel, when you gave he him the idea? He loved it. He thought it was really funny. He said when. Uh, he said, "When Dark Helmet plays with the action figures, he said he was, he was on the floor." <laughs> I can imagine that. That's 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 so funny for sure. When I talk, think about you know the Blazing Saddles, I just think of just how you really uh, introduced characters in certain ways with com- comedy that uh, took chances, even at that time, Mel. Right? Well, I mean, it was. Um... Between me and you, there were big internal fights about whether or not to release the picture. One, the 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 guy that was in charge of domestic distribution, Leo Greenspan. Leo said, "I think we would soil the name of Warner Brothers if we released this movie. It is it is a disgusting, dirty." Terrible movie, and it insults the West. (laughs) Thank God there was a guy called John Calley, C-A-L-L-E-Y. And John Calley said, "Um, I'm going to try it in three cities anyway. He said, let's try it in in, uh, Chicago and L.A. and New York. And uh, and they did, and it it was okay. But then in the summer, the the exhibitors said we we don't like uh, Warner Brothers had some 
big summer movie that didn't make it, and they said, we we want Blazing Saddles again if you can give it to us. And uh, so they opened it, and in February it opened in, in, in three theaters, and then in March it went to like, oh, I don't know, 150 theaters. And in uh, end of June, beginning of July, for the July 4th holiday, it opened in close to 850 theaters. Wow. And it, it became a riotous hit, you know, and uh, I, w- I was able to, uh, you know, relax and, and uh, order order more than a cheeseburger for dinner. You know? <laughs> And and when we talk about one that I just I love because I I have a degree in history, it's history of the world, part one. I mean, I just just the the fact of the matter of how funny if you're a historian, the different spoof things you did throughout the history, showing it, it just it was awesome. And that's again a different type of thing spoofing on now history, right? That was the whole plan. Yeah, I love yeah. you know just just. Just taking the Mickey out of a lot of the you know historical facts is fun, you know. Like I had fun with the Inquisition, and oh, uh, I love that. I got a lot of letters from a lot of rabbis who said <laughs> it was in questionable taste, but uh, uh, there were a lot of other people who loved it. So I loved making it, the Inquisition, and and then you know I loved the, the Roman Empire and. I'll tell you a very funny thing. I hired, there's a guy called John Hurt. And John Hurt is a a British actor, and he's a really, you know, a really terrific actor. And uh, he, um, I asked him to play Jesus. (laughs) Okay. And he played, you know, because we did The Last Supper. I was a waiter. I came in and I said, uh, is it going to be one check or is it separate checks? How are you guys paying for this? And they all yelled at me, Judith, this may be our last supper, stop annoying us, you know. <laughs> and, I, and, and I yelled at him, you know, he really attacked me. And I said, Jesus. And then John Hurt turned around and said, yes. And I said, what? And he said, well, he called me. What? No, what? You know, Jesus, yes. And we kept going back and forth. Like, <laughs> and uh, it was hard to do the scene because we both broke up a lot, you know. But it was really great fun. And then, uh, you know, there was, the French Revolution was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I, I played I played King Louis like, like, a, like a guy from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Who and which I am, you know. It's good to be the king, you know. I love that. I, 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 I say certain things like that and, and joking around at ways. I, I love that. I love that quote. It's good to be the king. That just, yeah. that just, that, that just, and 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 I'm 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 43, gonna be 44 tomorrow, Mel, and oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is yeah. a birthday present in a lot of ways. Talking to you about these uh, different well, you're things. You're about as old as my youngest son, Max Brooks. Do you know what Max has done? I got a lot of talented kids. Yeah, what did Max do? Well, Max wrote a book called The Zombie Survival Guide. Oh, cool! And it never stopped selling. It sold over two million copies. Wow. I mean, then he went on to write uh, a book which became a very big movie called World War Z oh. with Brad Pitt. Really? Okay. You know that movie, World War Z? No, I'm not familiar with that. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a zombie invasion of, of uh, the United States. 
and Brad Pitt is wonderful in it, you know. And uh, Paramount is going to do, probably going to do World War Z two, whatever. Oh wow! So Max busy, and he write he he wrote the story of the Great Wall, my son Max Brooks, which opened in China. To um, incredible, like a hundred million dollars over over a weekend. You know? Oh wow! So you know. We, uh, yeah. We haven't seen the Great Wall here, but we'll be coming here. I guess this. Uh, <laughs> no, is it time for Mel for you to come out with something else now? Especially with the chaos of our country, is it time for Mel no, Brooks to? Yeah. I, I don't know about a movie, but I'm very busy. I'm going to be taking um, a, a musical that I wrote called Young Frankenstein. Uh, his name is Frankenstein. He wants nothing to do with the family because he feels they're crazy. Dead is dead. You can't reanimate dead tissue. And that's the story of young Frankenstein. And uh, it's based on a movie with Gene Wilder. Wow. And it's it's a musical that's going to be opening in London sometime uh, this coming fall. Oh, wow. So you... I'm very busy. I wrote, I wrote the book with Tom Bean, and I wrote the lyrics and the music all by myself. And it's you know, I think it's pretty good. When you think of your start again, when we talk about the producers, I, after I became a fan of History of the World Part 1 and uh, Spaceballs, I came back and watched the producers. But again, probably because of this history, liking of the history, it just really, after wa- understanding it more and more, just to, you really spoke to, pl- the, uh, to certain times as well in your, in your writing, didn't you? Yeah, like, you're right. You're absolutely on target. That was, you know, well said. You, you write for certain times, for certain periods, that are perfect for for the piece that you're writing, and that's what you, that's definitely what you did with the producers. And uh, again, just saying, you know, hey, we don't want this to happen again. We're going to talk about this, and we're not going to ignore history. And that's, I think, what you put in all your different things. You look at your whole background, your whole life. You look at Blazing Saddles, Westerns you talked about. You saw the phenomenon of of Star Trek, Star Wars. You did Spaceballs. Then you even Mm -hmm. came out with Men in Tights. I mean, there's just so many different things. What would you say was your greatest, um, because I know we're running out of time, your greatest accomplishment, you would say, in your career? I think breaking so many barriers for Blazing Saddles. It's probably my greatest accomplishment. I mean, there's a lot of walls that I tore down making that movie, saying saying the things I said in Blazing Saddles. So it's uh, it broke down a lot of racial barriers, and and it <clears throat> there was a lot of warmth and 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 you know the the secret is comedy. Yes. If there's something wrong, if there's something really wrong. Either in, in uh, either socially or in government, attack it with comedy. Don't get on a soapbox. If you get on a soapbox and rave and rant, you're not going to accomplish anything. People won't listen to you. But if you make them laugh, it can make them think. If you can make them laugh, you can make yes, them think. Yes, I agree. So laugh, laughter is a very, very important substance in 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 getting your ideas across. And Mickey does that with, with this. Uh, Mickey Brooks does it brilliantly in Sam in this, in this gender-bending, insane comedy. It's beautiful. You, uh, yes. I won't give away the ending, but when I read the script, I said, you sure you want to go with this ending? 
And he said, yes, I am, Dad. And then when he when he made the movie and I saw the movie, I said, oh, 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 oh you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That is the ending. You're very brave and I'm very proud of you. Yeah. So, and I'm very, I'm very proud of his accomplishment. Sam is... Sam is, a, is is kind of a I don't know is a is a kind of different and very uh, creative creative movie and you know absolutely proud of his work. All right, we can. And anyway, you know, it's, it's a pleasure Absolute. to talk to you. This has been great. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. MelBrooks.com to find out more information, especially about Young Frankenstein, a Mel Brooks book, the story of the making of the film. And then also, I cannot wait to find out more about uh, the musical. So, uh, yeah, you love the book. You know, if you call Shelby and give her, send her your address. I will FedEx a, 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 a young Frankenstein book, the story of how we made that movie and all the, the private and wonderful pictures of Gene Wilder and, and Madeline Kahn and Terry. Oh, thank Dye. you. I appreciate that. Yeah, Mel. Just give her your address, Neil, and we'll, 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 I promise we'll send a book out to you this week. All right. Thank you, Mel. I will definitely do that. Thanks for taking the time. MelBrooks.com, the legendary Mel Brooks. Thanks for taking the time. You're welcome to come back anytime. I know how busy you are, and thanks for taking okay, the time. Okay, no, no, this has been a pleasure. I'll call you again and, and, and get, give you updates on my crazy life. Well, I'd love that, Mel. Thanks. I appreciate it, man. Take care. Oh. Okay, you bet. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. See you, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter at TotalTutorNeilHaley.com. The new year has been amazing, such amazing guests, so I'm excited, really, to welcome to the program Tisha Campbell-Martin of ABC's Dr. Ken. Hello, hello, Tisha. I'm just going to talk about dating, how much of a big fan I'm of yours. I remember the days of house parties, school days, and stuff like that. So, and, And I was reading more about this Tisha, which is really interesting that before that you started as a child actor before even this process of the experience on school days and also a uh, house party. Am I correct? You did some acting even younger than that. Yeah. Yep. Sure. did. I mean, wow. Yeah. I'm honored to be able to like still do what I do seriously, because I get that. Um, like, the career lifespan of an actor is usually only five years. Yeah. And I've been able to entertain and, and make people forget their problems or feel or laugh or cry for over four decades now. And I'm, um, it actually is humbling and I'm very grateful. And you've been on some fabulous shows as well. I mean, I didn't even bring up how big a fan I was of you and Martin and things like that. And now ABC's Dr. Ken, congratulations on last year and the ratings and how you guys are doing on Friday nights. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure you're excited about that. We're so happy. You know, I love being on ABC, first of all, because, uh, you know, wife and kids, it's like being at home again. And then to be there with such amazing, great veteran actors who get it, that's, you know, they just get it. It's no ego. It's no, you know, we just have a blast, fun, you know, and I'm, it's, it's a pleasure to work with Ken Jong. Oh, my. Ken Jong is so, 
he's so honorable, like he really takes care of people. He really was a doctor, so he yeah. still has that in him, you know what I mean? And as an executive producer of his own show and starring in it, it has to, he has to wear a lot of hats, you know? So to watch him work and still be funny, you know, and heartfelt is amazing. And so this particular show on Friday, he really loved my voice because when he was when he was in medical school, I'm not medical school. When he was interning, he said um, he used to work host a karaoke oh a karaoke night, and so he loved music and he loved my voice and he wanted to hook me up with CNC Music Factory. So on Friday we are going to be this Friday. We are going to be um, singing. I'm going to be singing with CNC Music Factory. Just kind of fun. And it goes back to your days, right? Of ha- of dancing in a house party and stuff like that, and singing and all the, 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 those days. Yeah, it yeah. goes back to me singing again. Yeah, it's, yeah. Because most people don't know I was a singer before I was an actor. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what got you. Is that we got your big break in the opportunities, like we talked about of remembering in those days of of house party yeah. and school days. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Awesome. All right, so T, uh, Tisha, the, so that's really fun. And w- is Dr. Ken funny singing? Are we going to expect some funny things from him on Friday night? I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> that's all we do. We have so much fun. And um, he had some people on this week, some amazing guest stars. So we're going to have a blast. People will really love watching this particular show, too. And it's amazing how he makes it family, Dr. Ken, from having his own family on some of the episodes to also his TV family and then bringing back other members of his TV family in his career. He yes. really looks back at all that, doesn't he, and says, yes, he give does. him opportunities. We, we had a couple yeah. of people from Community on. Yeah. Yeah, community. That's, so that's that's cool, Tisha, because I think that that's the cool thing about Dr. Ken is that, you know, and you're, the way you guys promote, the way you're on social media, the way you really do it, you could just see he works so hard, Ken, to make sure this show's a success. He does. He does. And, you know, it's funny because I told Ken, I said, Ken, because he's always worried about everybody being happy and taking care of everybody. I was like, Ken, don't you worry about me. I don't really care whether I get a thousand lines or one line a week. I'm here to support you. You're working your behind off. We're going to make this a success together. We're a team. Don't worry about me on my end. I got you. You know what I mean? And that was really important for him to hear that, you know, the cast has his back and it's great. It's it's a great place to work. And I love that. And I'm sure you're happy to be back on a family show like this again, again, with, again, you talked about my wife oh and my kids God. and yeah, it's, it's yes, cause as much of a fan, I am of reality shows and I am, there are some reality shows that I, that you watch and, they make you forget your problems, but sometimes you feel really bad after <laughs> yeah, you watch them. Yeah. You go, why did I watch that? But, you know, sitcoms still do the same thing. Family shows do the same thing. They make you forget your problems, but you still feel good afterwards. That's the power of situation comedies. And it's so good to be back um, for the last two years on a show like this. 
And then what I think that uh, Ken is such a great job of studying. He's adding, putting you on this, the starring roles of this show, especially in the, in the office, the hospital really helps in a lot of ways for some of the younger actors to learn from you because of the amazing shows you've been on. Think about you, you learned from the genius Martin. You learned working with just unbelievable people in these types of formats. He sees yeah. how he places everyone together to make the show a success. It's not all about, it's not all about Ken and I well, I think that's why. He definitely why. Yeah. likes to share. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he likes to share. And he's giving. And, you know, and he doesn't mind, you know, allowing somebody else to shine, which I think that's that's what you get when you have a combination of such great veteran actors. And it makes you greater, you know? And how did let's talk about comedian and you, Tisha. Do you believe yourself as a comedian, just working with so many comedians in your career, that you're also in that <laughs> kind of realm? Could you see yourself doing stand up someday? I, I can, if you've not. Oh my gosh, I, I tried it once and it's a high. It definitely is a high up there. Uh, but I don't consider myself a comedian because I really do respect the uh, field of, you know, stand-up. You have to be very, very courageous to do something like that, to make people laugh at your own pain. Uh, But I am a comedic actress, and I know how to do that waltz, and I understand comedians, and I understand how to um, dance with them and make them shine. That, That is something that I'm really, really, I feel like I'm really good at. I, yeah. Um... So, yeah, yeah. Uh, d- definitely. And so that, that's the thing is make them shine. I love hearing that because of that's why you've worked for 30 years. And that's why you've been in success on, uh, on such successful shows and movies and things like that because you are willing to work with others. And that's the important part of an entire set, right? You The, t- the whole team has Absolutely. to work to get and get along. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. I think I think too when you come from the, a theater background, um, in theater sometimes you're you know building sets and sometimes you understand each person that it takes the entire an entire um, community of people to make this show or show run, and so when you come from theater and you go into you know other genres of the business, it um, you don't think of yourself as the one and only or the one that's going to make it happen. You know that it it's um it's a group effort. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. Yes. And and that's what's so great yeah, about it. I mean your work ethic is different. It's yeah. a, it's an art. Everyone from the directors, the designers, everyone on it's that's what's so great about being in this business yeah. is that it's not oh, it's not all yeah. about me and certain individual things it is. And right. if you constantly are it's right. all about you, you're going to be on one or two shows and then you have your one hit and runner and you're done. And then the, you your career is not going to span. Right. Uh, a long for a very long time. So, Absol- yeah. absolutely, uh, I can't ask you to sing a bar or two of something. Can I put you on the spot and sing something for a second, just so we can hear your voice? Like what? What do you want you, me to sing? Just, just what we what, what's on your mind right now? New Year and stuff. What what can you? If I just said go sing because I've had. Well, the- I guess it's you know CNC Music yeah. Factory. We have to do a battle, and and I get to sing. Everybody dance now. So that's great. I'm going to, you guys got to watch it Friday. 
you'll get to see me sing and be funny at the same time. 8.30 p.m. So, Eastern, yeah, yes. Dr. Kid on Friday night. 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and where can we follow you as well on Twitter and all that stuff? Is that the plus best place, Tisha? Yes. Oh, yes. Tisha Campbell Martin on Instagram. Um, at Tisha Campbell Martin on Instagram. And uh, uh, Tisha For Real on Twitter. All right. Well, thanks again for calling. Best of luck. And uh, I will be tuning in Friday. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tisha. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter at TotalTutor and NeilHaley.com at TotalRadioNet, all those cool places. New Year, crazy week, and I'm excited to welcome the program. Everyone needs to tune in tonight to Project Dad on TLC, and I'm excited to welcome the program Celebrity from The Chappelle Show, Donnell Rawlings. Donnell, thanks for calling. How are you, man? I'm rich. I won't say that. I won't, I won't end it, but anybody that's... Familiar with that iconic catchphrase, they know how to end, and I'm excited. <laughs> you are excited. That's fantastic. Now, before we get into how I think you and I have this uh, kind of bond, and you'll say, how is that? Is I have five kids of my own, and we'll get into that, and how I have to do things like that's what's happened on Project Dad. But, Donnell, this experience, you know, with the Chappelle show and as a comedian, it's must have been, it's must have been a, it's an amazing ride so far, isn't it, for you? <laughs> It's been a it's been a great ride. You know, when you first start, you when you first start comedy or anything, you don't never know how it's going to pan out. But the thing that makes it work is if the efforts and the work ethics you put into getting in a good position. And I can honestly say that I've had a pretty solid career. But I, one of the one of the highlights was being able to be a part of the writing team, the, the uh, creative team of, of of the Dave Chappelle Show. And it's like. You know, the Chappelle show hasn't been on maybe like 12 or 13 years, but for some reason, the way that show resonated in people's mind, they act like it's, it came on last week, and I'm fortunate and blessed uh, to be to have been a part of that. And it, and it continued to happen and for you from that experience. that Was that your big break, would you say, the Chappelle show? Um, I, yeah, I'd say it, it, was a, it was a big break. I had done some pretty uh, incredible work before then, but the, the work that I've done... It was just on average, you know, like America, you know, gradually got to connect with me. But Chappelle's show was such like a home run. It's such a, such a like energetic experience. You know, not too many times on TV where in college people are planning their night by the airing of this show. Yeah. Where people are watching it, then the next morning they're talking about it. You have some shows that are consistent, but this show was just like, it was like kids were getting suspended from school, going and asking their teacher, what did the five fingers say to the face? I'm Rick James, bitch. People was going home for that, you know? But, you know, like, that show like that only comes around uh, once in a lifetime, and you just got to take advantage of it when it hits you. Do you think it'll ever come back again, Donnell? You can't say anything, but do you think it'll ever come back again? I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I can't say anything because I don't know anything, but I do know that after the experience of SNL and, and how, you know, uh, Dave took SNL to the next level, people reintroduced to him, you know, and I, Chappelle is really not a social media person. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, the, just, I'm this, I'm the street team and the tweet team. So I told him, I was like, you know, the tweets, I told him, I said, you know, these, these tweets are on fire, right, son? He was like, what do you mean? I was like, they talking, dog. He was like, what? It was like you know what he talking about. He was like what? I was like skits, and he was like uh, I don't know. And I was it like, was I so funny. With him yeah. it's tough. It was so funny. But he said I don't know about sketch show. He said maybe a movie. So if there's any insight that I have, I know that 
right now the, he's itching. The creative bug is there. He's got the, the three three uh, three uh, stand-ups uh, deal with Netflix. And I think that, you know, there's a possibility that you're going to see a lot more of Dave Chappelle this year. And if that's the case, hopefully he'll bring me on those polls and let me be a part of it. So, so you said Netflix, so he's going to be doing some specials. Are you going to be involved in that at all, Donnell, or more behind the scenes? No, these are, yeah. no for, what I, for what I know is that these are just like just one-hour stand-up specials. You know, so if that's the case, that's just where a comedian just shines on themselves. It's all about them. Of course, you might have a writing team. But if that's the case, it's doubtful that I'll be part of it. But you never know. Like, one one special he has to produce. He already had two in the can. And one he has to produce from scratch with Netflix being one of the producers. So he may do something creative on that. But I don't know. I just wish him the best for a guy to be able to walk away from $50 million, a sum of money that some people would never see in a lifetime, a lot of people, and to be able to, you know, take that L on his morals and to be able to come back like 12 years later and get a raise yeah. through that 50 million is a testament of who he is, you know? Exactly. I couldn't believe you said it's been that many years done out and it's, it's unbelievable. But now let's talk about Project Dad and let's talk about your family yeah. situation because uh, I talked to DJ Scribble last month and again, it's on TLC now. It was on. And, and so the, the debut on TLC tonight, when I think about specifically enough what DJ Scribble was able to bring up that our spouses just do an unbelievable job raising kids. And when we kind of put ourselves in having to deal with it, it's a challenge, isn't it? It's like, holy cow. It's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge because I don't think, um, like, men don't have a maternal instinct. You know what I'm saying? We don't have a nurturing instinct. We have a go kill, bring the food home, and let mommy deal with it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? That's just our nature. We want to provide so we don't have to do all that things. But one of the things I got from this show is that how important it is to have someone in a kid's life that's there, yes. for the most part, 24 hours a day for every need. Like, it's easy. You know, like, we, I wanted to pat myself on the back because I did 24 hours. You know, I was like, I told y'all I could do it. What? What? You know what I mean? I'm ready to make a gangster rap and every, everything. But I realized, yo, Donnell, you did it for 24 hours. Put yourself in a position of someone that has to do it all the time, that doesn't have an escape route. Guys, we can always say, you know what, honey? I'm going to the garage and do some work. You know what I'm saying? We always can just, like, you know, just, like, like back out of it in most cases. But, you know, this show really let me know the importance of having that mother-nurturing feeling. And why do you, and, you know, there are some stay-at-home moms and there are some working moms. And, and, and again, it's, it's, it is what right. it is, whatever happens. But in certain ways, even if the mom works, my, my wife works as a kindergarten teacher. I'm the entrepreneur. So I'm back and forth doing right. doing things like you did in, are doing in Project Dad. Yet she constantly, right. with that maternal is, instinct, wants to take over. And it's like, if it's not the way she wants it, it's it, life is tough. It's challenging. So that's the yeah. thing that you and I, we will figure out any way to make things peaceful, right? We'll say, okay, watch whatever you television. Yeah, what we can't do is, yeah, you got yeah. You gotta. They, they, first off, I think I have certain areas. I have better. I think I have better parenting skills. Oh my! But mom <laughs> gets mom is first. She gets credit on everything. So I've learned how to make her seem right when I know she's wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you never ever 
going to win that battle because that's wrong. But at the same time, and they're never going to acknowledge your efforts as much as theirs. So it's, when, when they want to be excited about something, they don't want your head to get swollen up and get too big. So they're never going to give you your props 100%. But at the end of the day, you know what you bring to the table. You just got to keep it like that. And we have to, men, learn how to shut our mouth sometimes. You know? Yeah. Pick your fights. Pick your battles. And we can ignore some of the screaming and not let it bother us so much because we can let kids cry, Donnell. Women, yeah, they can't. Can let, yeah. we, they can't because, like, like you know, Stephanie, she tells me, like, um, she'll get frustrated. I was like, he's crying. He's crying. Why is he crying? I was like, the reason why he's crying is because he can't talk right now. That's the only communication he has. He's like, I can't wait till I get some words to go with these cries so you can know that I'm hungry right now. You know what I'm saying? But I think I think men have more patience. I think men have more patience because it's our nature to want to create some type of discipline in our kids. So everything he does, we think it's like teaching him a lesson. You know, my son, he can cry, but for the most part, when he starts crying, what I found out is that his environment needs to change. Like, yeah. we were having dinner uh, on vacation, and it was like four families at the table, and Austin started going nuts. You know, Stephanie was like, what's wrong? And I was like, he doesn't want to be at the kitchen table anymore. He's bored with this conversation. He doesn't know anything about comedy. You know I mean, he don't know anything about the movie deal, the um, movie um, situation. So you got to remove him. I removed him from the situation. I let him play a little bit, run around. I got him calmed down. I brought him back to the table. She's never going to give me credit for that, but I know I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, we got to keep our secrets to ourselves, man. Yeah, we got to keep them, our secrets because of what a father is able to do, that presence. Like, oh, no, dad's here. Even if it's a, in a chaotic mess, things will start calming down. But when you're in the the fray the entire time. So DJ Scribble kind of explained things. So you guys are basically being Mr. Mom in a way where mom's away when they're filming, right? Is that how the kind of the show yeah, goes? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Explain that to our audience. Yeah. Yeah. My- yeah. Well, what it is is like it was a very popular show in Korea called Super Dad, um, Return of um, Superman, where they took three celebrity dads and left them with their kids for for three um, for forty eight to eighty eight four hours at a time by themselves, which is more challenging because the, the, the stereotype of Korean dads are they they don't have a lot of emotions connect with their kids. So I've heard a Korean girl tell me like Korean dads are the worst dads ever because it's oh. always a test with them. Like, want you to be better. You can come home with an A, and they're like, "Well, that's not good. You should have got an A plus." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And and in, in our in our case, it was like it was for some of us. It was the first time ever, you know, being away. And you know, scribble kids are older than my kids, and Daniel's kids are older than my kid. Like everybody in my life, everybody's kid is older than my kid. And I realized that when I was playing at my son's first birthday party, I called one of my friends. I'm like, "You think your son can come to my son's first birthday party?" He said, "If he can get off work, dude, my son has two jobs." You know what I'm saying? So I know there is that age gap with me and everything, but you know, when when it, when it when it um. When it when it when it came down to it, like my tasks were different because Austin was still breastfeeding. Yeah. So, you know, he had that connection with his mom that I could not replace. You know what I mean? It was like when he's feeding for breast milk, there's nothing I could do. I tried to find out what will replace the urgency of wanting to have a breast milk and the only thing that I got close to was a was a cheese a, a, um, a cheese doodle. Like that is is hypnotic for a kid. And he was crying and everything, but it was it was it was it was challenging. It was like it was supposed to be like a fish out of water situation where they want to see how we as evolve 
as being a dad. I think for the most part with everybody on that show, like you said earlier in the interview, that it all came down where you really know the importance of a mom or I would say having another parent, you know? And I love the fact that, especially, I love TLC, and I love certain shows, because I have to watch them with my wife back in the day, some of the greatest shows that have been on TLC. I love this platform for one reason, Donnell, is the fact that now we're going to see this, the, the father in the fray, and they're going to, and, and these, and a lot of women who watch TLC, a lot, and then the the husbands that yeah, are oh kids watching, and they, they'll now know, oh my gosh, what do dads have to go through when we leave them? And that's, I, I think this is great. Yeah, and it- it's, you know, like we got a test. We had a test run on on Discovery Life. That's the, the little that network. But it's a small network that a lot of people don't even know that's in existence and don't know what channel to turn. I think the show's going to have a better platform with TLC because, like you say, their TLC has a loyal fan base. I'm already prepared to, like, have um, doing, uh, doing autograph sessions at Sears with the soccer moms, you know. But for me, <laughs> yeah. in my transition, you know, I really know, like, I'm going to do the minivan tour, you know. But for for me, for people that know me as a character actor, comedic actor, like, you know, God is like, I, I, I don't have a perfect life. I'm an entertainer, but to see me and making that transition from, like, road guy to being a dad. And the best thing, let me tell you, man, the, the best thing about when I watched it, not just because I'm on it, it's a hate-free show, and it's really quality entertainment. Where, when I say, I haven't been involved in any project that you could say everybody in the family can watch it and connect to something about it. It's really good family TV, man. That's what I'm I'm so excited. And for me, and my background, and my community, and where I come from, you know, the stereotype is sometimes that African-American dads aren't great dads. I don't really believe that. Yeah. I don't think the good dads get the showcase that they need. But for me, and in the case of that's true to a certain extent, I want to be the person that empowers and make dads want to be better dads. Uh, spend more time. Uh, because at the end of the day, what you're going to get from this show, dog, is that the most important thing that you could do as a parent is create everlasting memories because you're not going to get a second chance at it. When I was growing up, my dad chose a lifestyle that didn't give him the opportunity to spend as much time as he wanted with his, uh, uh, with his kids. My dad was in and out. He was incarcerated a couple times in my childhood. And, you know, I can honestly say, first year and a half of my son's life, I probably have more memories their moments with my son and my dad this whole life. I don't hate my dad or disrespect him. That's just what it is. But I want people to know is that you can't make choices that are going to get you away from what the most important thing yes. you can do in life, and that's being a great parent to your kid. That's the end of it. Absolutely. And that's the cool part uh, for sure, Donnell, is is that and seeing the importance of fatherhood. And that's what I love about this show. And meaning I've not watched it yet. I'm going to tune in for sure. I'll put it on our our list, my wife and I, our shows for sure, because I want to see what you guys go through and what I go through on a daily basis. I wish cameras could follow me everywhere. And it's just like you've got to hire a camera person just to show my craziness. I'm six foot ten, former pro wrestler, got five. Five kids and the youngest is two, and it's chaos. And putting, showing that fathers can change diapers, showing fathers that can uh, be more really involved. Because again, a lot of times you guys, yeah. the three that we're talking about on this show, you DJ Scribble, and uh, remind me about the third celebrity. Who's the third celebrity, Dono? Daniel Cosgrove. Yeah, and Daniel Cosgrove. And Daniel, you guys are always traveling. 
So your wives have yeah. to really be a, 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 a really tough, especially when you're away for certain times or up at late at night, like DJ Scribble yeah, talked mean, about. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's tough, you know. Like, um, it's like, man, it's tough, man. And that's why you got to take moms get so much credit. But at the end of the day, dads need a little bit more credit too. Yes. You know, you hear these horror stories, but you know, like. You know, like I have an issue with deadbeat dads. I never was a fan of deadbeat dads, but now going through the whole process, every sonogram, every every doctor's visit, you know, actually like coaching, you know, coaching this baby coming out, I, it just disturbs me, disturbs me when somebody can walk away and not be involved with that. You just, it's just disturbing. It's just disturbing because it's the best feeling. Before I had my son, everybody was like, you know what? Having a kid is going to be the best feeling you can ever experience. And I was like, I don't want to, you know, jump to that too quick. I was like, there was one weekend I had in Cancun. You know what I'm saying? That was an awesome weekend. So my <laughs> son won, but it wasn't it wasn't a landslide. It wasn't a popular vote. It was electoral. It was electoral college that voted him as the number one feeling in my life. But, you know, now... You know, this gives them entertainment. This, you have to, at some point, have a selfish attitude because at the end of the day, it's just going to be you. you know I mean, your family sometimes will let you down. Friends will let you down. And in a way, what you do in your career, it's a reflection of you. You know, but when you when you experience something like fatherhood, where I never thought there was going to be anything that make me that make me not feel selfish, right. not destructive selfishness. But I never, like, I never thought I could care about anything more than myself. I love myself more than anything until Austin came out. That's it. And I was like, whoa. It changes. You know? It changes you. I mean, it changes yep. me that I can't go watch sporting events. I just got uh, tickets to the Steward game, and I, I text my wife. I was interviewing someone last night. I have a late-night show as well. And my wife's like, you can go. Happy birthday. I'm like, oh, great. I get to go to the Steward game. Fantastic against the Dolphins. But I, I, I couldn't just tell, hey, you know, the old days, hey, sure, I'll be there. Not, oh, I got I to gotta check with my wife. Yeah. I got play a possible playoff I mean, tickets. You still, wait I, a minute. You, yeah. you can still do it, but there's different consequences. Yeah. Big you know consequences. Like, <laughs> you can still do it. You don't, you don't want to deal with those consequences, so you just got to fall back. You know. All right. Well, fantastic, Donnell. Where can we find information on you? Again, tonight, TLC, and it's every Thursday night, correct, on TLC. At what time? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 5, o'clock, um, 5 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Eastern, and 4 o'clock Central Time. Uh, follow me at Donnell Rawlings, D-O-N-N-E-L-L, Rawlings, like the sports equipment. You know, any of my social platforms, you can find it down there. Just want to say thank you for the time, man. And, like, I've done a lot of I've done a lot of work in my career, but this one I think gives me my proudest moment, and I'm excited for people to see me on that side. Well, I'm, I'm glad for it. Good luck, best of luck, and I'd like to have you back on to reflect on the whole show. So take care, Donnell. See ya. Okay. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Okay. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Total Celebrity Show. We can check, you can check me out on Twitter, at TotalTutorNeilHaley.com. And I watched the Golden Globes last night, and it was interesting. I don't think I have enough time for this guest, so I'm excited to welcome to the program extra correspondent Jerry Penacoli. Jerry, are you alive? What time is it where I'm calling, and how <laughs> yeah, late were you? I'm alive and well. It's a, it's a little early, little early here, but, uh, yeah. 
doing okay. I had a few uh, few hours of shut eye, so I'm doing all right. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Jerry. I mean, I went and watched the entire Golden Globes last night, and I was surprised by many things. Some things not surprised, but I think there's big surprises from last night, and also there were expectations that did happen, right, Jerry? Oh, absolutely. What were you surprised most of? I think I think I think that the surprise was just uh, the the fact uh, I guess of of just um, just the uh, the tone of that night and then the the whole thing with Meryl. But let's go first at first uh, the host. Let's kind of go into this because uh, I mean I thought he wasn't as funny as I expected. What was your take on it? Well, you know, I mean, everybody who was there, and I interviewed all the winners uh, backstage right after they came off stage with their Golden Globes, and I asked them all about Fallon's performance, and, and everybody thought he killed it because, I mean, granted, the, the top of the show was a little rough because of the teleprompter, but that had nothing to do with him. Uh, and, you know, could he have vamped a little bit better, perhaps, but it was short-lived, and he moved on. I thought the opening of the show was... was was great. I mean, if you've seen La La Land, the movie that got the most nominations uh, last night and and also cleaned up pretty well with uh, the acting categories and best picture for, for musical comedy, uh, you know, it, it, it was a fitting open. And uh, a lot of the, the actors and celebrities agreed that Fallon is one of these guys that can just come in. He kind of does a sneak attack. He can right. he can throw a zipper at somebody and then you know say something here, say something there, and then kind of uh, walk away unscathed. And uh, you know, mostly everybody thought he did well. See, uh, and I'm going to give you. I didn't think he's as funny as he is on uh, the Tonight Show, and that's where I think that I we missed the point. He, I thought we were going to get a lot more skits. I thought we were going to get a lot more of just right. entertainment in between. What do you think the reason was? Do you think he yeah. was just? I mean, he did a great job hosting, but is, yeah, the yeah. reason is it's no, it's time. That's the reason. There's, there's not enough time for Fallon. Fallon's genius on his show. Is is you know all of those those skits that he does and 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 how he right. manipulates the actors to you know get them to do things that uh, that no one else really can and there's just no time to develop those kinds of uh, uh, moments and skits and etc. on on a award show because you're dealing with a three hour show you're dealing with all of these awards from not just the you know the the film side, but the TV side. And so, and you've got a room full of people. Everything has to move very quickly or else, you know, it's going to end up being a five hour show instead of a three hour show. So I think that's probably what uh, I understand what you're saying. You know, he did, he wasn't the Jimmy Fallon of the tonight show. So, you know, he wasn't able to do the kinds of things he does on his own show in that venue, given the time restraints. Absolutely, Jerry. I, I, I and, and But I just, I mean, that's mine. I guess that's my take, not being from Hollywood, and the fact that I was expecting this. Right. And, I, and I've seen skits and other awards shows, or funny jokes. I, I don't know. The, it will be interesting to see what everyone, yeah. but everyone's not going to be talking about that for sure. But La La Land, I, I, I already got another expert on earlier that told me La La Land was going to win, and boy, did it win big. Yeah, it did win big. Yeah, and Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone were predicted to win, and uh, and they sure cleaned up. And I thought Ryan Gosling's speech was 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 really really 
it, it was just so heartfelt because he doesn't speak about Ava Mendez uh, very much, right. and uh, you know he's the mother of his bits, and uh, and her brother passed, and he dedicated his award to her brother who died of cancer, and he does not open up like that publicly, wow. mm-hmm. you know, and and I spoke with him a little bit about that uh, uh, after he got off stage, and and I asked him, I said, you know, that, that was unusual for you to to open up like that. Uh, and he said, you know, I thank them every day and I thought it was time to thank them publicly. And uh and, and so that was a big that was a big moment for him. Um and Emma of course, you know, dedicating her award to all of the actors and actresses who have been rejected right. over the years. And uh because that if you haven't seen La La Land, that's the you know, the movie is obviously set in Hollywood. She plays an actress who has a hard time getting jobs and uh, he plays a, uh, a jazz musician and it's just a, a a very it's a modern day old-fashioned musical and it's uh it, it's it's definitely worth seeing big night for atlanta too and uh were you surprised by that big night for atlanta and no one was more surprised than the creator and the star of it donald glover yeah he was very humble for he was it. Yeah. he was beside himself yeah. Yeah, and uh, there were a lot. There were a lot of surprises. I thought in terms of the the wins, Hugh Laurie uh, was again just so shocked that he that he beat uh, John Travolta from yeah. the People versus O.J. Simpson and, and Sterling Brown from the same uh, series and Christian Slater and John Lithgow from The Crown. Uh, so yeah, he was. He, he, he couldn't. He couldn't believe he won. <laughs> he walked in with a with a glass of bourbon in his hand and his golden globe in his other hand. Absolutely. And and, and you could tell cuz as I found out also the drinks flow at at the Golden Globes. They just guys they just keep drinking. It's not like the Oscars in a different that's yeah, the, yeah. they do. And no, no one felt the effects of that more than I think Goldie Hawn. Yes, 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 yes. That was that was a surprise. I thought that that was not a skit because she Amy Schumer did a phenomenal yeah. job of oh. playing it off. Yeah, well, and you know what? You're not the only person who thought that, and I don't think it was planned. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was a, I think it was a combination of Goldie hitting the champagne bottle a little too much and and not having her glasses, her readers. And so, what I was about to say about Goldie is, uh, I said, I doubt she's doing any radio tours this morning. If you said she had a few, too many, yeah, probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> All right. Now, the, the last point is Merrill because it's going to be the front page everywhere. And I'm sure, Jerry, you've been getting calls galore it, on yeah, on, it yeah. yeah. And it was it was tremendous. They honored her, but it was surprising the platform that she chose. Your take on that whole thing. And I, yeah. Well, you know, look, here, here's how I feel about that. There have been many actors. Merrill is not the first to historically use a, an awards show platform as a political platform. Right. Meryl Streep has always been very political. She is, you know, like some other celebrities in Hollywood, there are those that you know are going to get political when you speak to them. They speak their mind, they speak what's in their heart, and they have no shame about it. There are a lot of other celebrities, many in fact, 
who really choose not to speak their mind right. when it comes to politics. They don't feel their opinion is any more valuable than anybody else's, so why should they share it publicly, uh, you know, about politics? And so, you know, you have – look, we, we are a country made up of, of, of a lot of different viewpoints, obviously. Right. That's putting it mildly. And so, you know, she got up and she spoke her mind. She used it as the ultimate political platform. And, yeah, there are going to be a lot of people that – that uh, that don't like that our president elect first in line, oh. and uh, you, you know that that. But, but is, she, is she not supposed to use that? As no, a not at all. No, you know, that, yeah. that's up to one's opinion. Well, and you know? and I got and up this morning. Feels differently about that. Yeah, I got the. I was waiting. I went right to, to uh, Trump's uh, president-elect's Twitter feed. Nothing, nothing. I wake up in the morning. Yep. It was out there, and it was a. It was a. You thought yep. he would stop with the the crazy tweets, and literally, this is one. Yep. Especially, we're getting so close to inauguration time. I, I was know. blown it, away it, you know, by this. Yeah. He he just doesn't understand how it makes him look look right. you know people are going to have their opinions people are going to say he's like a he he acts like and this is my opinion he acts like a hurt child every time somebody says something about him that he does not like and so he lashes back on twitter and it just doesn't it's not very presidential no it's not it's not and that, and, and I, I hope somebody people are going to say yeah, what man. they're going to say about him and just as they have said how people say about the President Obama, what they feel about him. He doesn't jump on Twitter. You know, at presidents in the past, nobody has ever done this. It's a, and, it's, and it's, yeah. it, it, it's kind of mind-blowing. It's surprising. They're going to have to take the phone off him, especially when he finally uh, is inaugurated. But, okay, Jerry, best place we can find information on you, find out about all the coverage. Where can we find info on you, Jerry, and, and especially Extra, and check Extra it out. ExtraTV.com. ExtraTV.com. Well, Jerry, thanks for uh, being alive and, uh, and and talking to me today after the crazy uh, Golden Globes. And I, I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for calling. Very, very, uh, very nice of you, Neil, to have me. Thank you so much. All right, you Jerry, have a great day. You too, Jerry. Bye-bye. You're listening to a celebrity Bye show. Now. Bye-bye. And we'll be back in just a moment. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.